PennDOT and other agencies ramp up winter weather preparations, and there are new guidelines for environmental impacts of polluting facilities. Welcome to the Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. I'm Randy Parker, in for Tim Lambert today, and your host on this daily trip around the region's top stories. It's Monday, November 13th, and this is being recorded at 10.30 a.m. Let's get started. With high temperatures expected in the 50s or even 60s throughout the month, it might not feel like we need to start thinking about winter weather quite yet. And in fact, forecasters predict temperatures to be above average this winter. But the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says the weather pattern known as El Nino is strengthening. And according to AccuWeather, that could mean more snow around here than last year. My colleague Ben Wasserstein takes a look at how PennDOT, the Pennsylvania Emergency Management Agency, and the PA Turnpike Commission are preparing. He says they're stockpiling salt and calling for caution before the first flake falls. PennDOT Secretary Mike Carroll says the Transportation Department is ready for whatever the season brings. We have thousands of team members ready to brave the winter and keep our roads passable. PennDOT has stockpiled 700,000 tons of road salt and will get more as the season goes on. Information about road closures and snowplow locations can be found at 511pa.com. Chief Operating Officer of the Turnpike Commission, Craig Shuey, is urging drivers to check their vehicles before heading out on the road. Check your tires, wiper blades, batteries, and antifreeze. All too often, that check is done after the first inches of snow are falling. That's too late. And Pima, PennDOT, and the Turnpike Commission are urging people to pay attention to weather advisories. Snow squalls, which are brief, intense periods of moderate to heavy snow with gusty winds, are a major threat to drivers. In March 2022, a snow squall resulted in a pileup involving 80 vehicles on Interstate 81 in Schuylkill County. Six people died. The State Department of Environmental Protection has revised its environmental justice policy for the first time in nearly two decades. The new version is much more comprehensive than the old one, but Sophia Schmidt at our partner WHYY reports, activists say it doesn't go far enough. About a dozen environmental advocates and experts gathered on Drexel's campus in Philly this week to comment on the policy revision. For almost 20 years, PA's environmental justice policy gave low-income communities and communities of color an expanded public engagement process, while the state considered and approved permits for new facilities nearby. Now officials have expanded this policy to also include facility inspections, enforcement, and the distribution of grant money. Pamela Darville is with the activist group Power Interfaith. She appreciates the changes, but notes the policy is not binding. The department should engage in rulemaking to make it enforceable and binding, particularly with respect to permit applicants. DEP officials acknowledge the policy's limitations, but say they're working within their authority. The agency supports a bill introduced in the Statehouse that would explicitly authorize DEP to deny permits for polluters based on the cumulative environmental impacts of existing facilities nearby. Now, each morning, we take a look at more than a dozen news sites from around the region and pick out two or three stories to put on your radar. Here's what you need to know. 
The city of Reading's proposed budget is $75,000 less than last year's budget. And a big chunk of that savings is because of a change to the system city council uses to live stream its meetings. The Reading Eagle reports the city expects to save $48,000 because its contractor doesn't charge for maintenance and other services. City Clerk Linda Kelleher says when Reading started live streaming meetings because of the COVID-19 pandemic, there weren't many choices and they had to take what they could get. And now she says they've found a better deal. Pennsylvania is on this week's list of fake news stories compiled by the Associated Press. Social media users are misrepresenting an issue with voting machines in Northampton County, crying foul while there's no evidence of fraud. The machine's maker acknowledges a clerical error that resulted in printouts that mixed up the results on two ballot measures. However, voters' actual choices were properly recorded, county officials say. Mark Lindemann, an election integrity expert at Verified Voting, confirmed the problem with the machines was not indicative of anything suspicious. A shortage of bus drivers is hitting the mid-state hard. The York Dispatch reports complaints about late and overcrowded buses and overworked drivers are turning up at school board meetings across the region. The shortage forced the West Shore School District to go to temporary remote learning for some schools this fall. The reasons for the shortage are varied and an array of solutions is being tried, including higher pay, easing standards to qualify, and imploring students to simply behave better. That does it for the Morning Agenda, a daily news podcast from WITF, where the only agenda is you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe at any of the places you find your favorite podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, write a review, and recommend it to a friend. For Joe Ulrich, our audio guy, I'm Randy Parker, sitting in for Tim Lambert. He'll be back tomorrow. Be well. Be well.